know. Monsters. Aren't you gonna break it up? No, two more days of this, and you'll quit. It's not just music, it's throne music. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Y'all are listening to Live With Me Trill, and I'm... Look, man, can I apologize ahead of time? Like, this, this episode... This episode is going to test our relationship. And I say that because, I don't know, man. I I, got to get some stuff off my chest, man. We got to talk. And because y'all been listening, listen, man. I just got, listen, I just got my 4,000th. How you do that? 4,000th? I just got 4,000. I just got my, I just just got 4,000 plays of this show. And that's, I'm like, I'm geeked. That's a big deal to me. And that's only on one app. You know, I, I use Anchor for those who didn't know. Um, even though I I do stream almost everywhere. I Heart Media, you know, I Heart Radio and iTunes and Google, you know, all that. But I'm not talking about, I'm not promoting where I'm streaming. Y'all know where I'm streaming. You're listening to it. But I was but I was on one of my apps and I was just checking it out. I'm like, man, it's been, I got 4,000 plays just here. Meaning that we have stood the test of time And because we've stood the test of time I want to know How much we really love each other What What can this relationship withstand So this episode I'm going to test it out We got a lot of stuff to talk about man We're going to talk about the private The private uh, burial and viewing of um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi And the backlash or the the frustration that it may have caused the people. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna talk about, um, of course, the Bible. Like it's, we got a lot of things I want to talk about. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little bit about Dwayne Wade, maybe, and his twelve uh, year old son's sexuality, because it has become part of public uh, knowledge. Um, what it is, where he's at, and um, we're we're getting up to we're getting updated up to date information on what's going on. Over in the Wade House in that area. Um, but with all that being said, man, I wanna test I wanna test the durability of this relationship. So I wanna see if y'all gonna be able to handle it. I wonder can we still be cool in a moment of correction? Cause this episode is about correction. And sometimes you might not even be responsible, but you gotta get 
some of the punishment because you are connected to the people that may be responsible. And all I want to know is, after the day, are you still going to love me? Are you still going to love me? I ain't here to dance for you. I ain't here to do a two-step. Right. That's just a piece. That was just my end. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I don't believe that we can throw a dollar amount at the black community if nobody's mindset changes. Uh, everybody need to shut up. Let me Maybe tell you. if you put please at the end, it may be a little better. I think if you put please after shut up, it takes away shut up. It's your boy Mark Yo, it's the one and only Dre West, and you're listening to the realest show on air. And we live in the Christian lifestyle right here. Right now, you're listening to one of the realest, my bro, the one and only Meech. Mr. Respect Your Audience Himself. Right here on Live with Meech Real. Daddy, y'all like this. <laughs> Hey, so what's going on, y'all, man? Look, man, we got a action-packed show, and I'm gonna get on into it, man. Um, I hope every listen. I hope this show is meeting you in good health. Uh, you in your right mind. You being able to have the activity of your limbs. But listen, it is not only limited to those who are in their right mind. You can be out of your mind. Listen, it's okay. As long as you listen to the show, you can't be that crazy. And if anybody tells you anything different, that's because they're crazy, which means you should be talking to them about the show because they should be listening too. listen. This is an open opportunity for you to share in some of the amazing and crazy things that comes out of my mouth. And sometimes with all the same people that listen to the show, this is just as enjoyable to all the people who are out of their minds. So come ye. Out of your mind, in your mind, saying, a little nutty, come ye all and listen to the one and only Live With Me Real podcast. This is where the body can assemble believers, non-believers, short, tall, old, young, black, white, Calvinists, atheists, Buddhists, Muslims. Listen, uh, what else can, what else can, who can come here? Listen, LeBron haters, LeBron lovers, and everybody in between. This is a one central place where all can come together and listen to my podcast. So before we go any further, listen, man, make sure you are subscribed to this joint because if you're not subscribed, I'm not getting paid. And if I'm not getting paid, it doesn't make any sense for me to even be here and do this. I'm joking. This is your first time listening. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, the money is only like 72% of the reason why I do this. So um, there will still be enough left over for me to at least give a half-hearted effort at going by going through this. But anyway, uh, make sure you subscribe. Whatever you are listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Comment if you got somewhere. Because, listen, all of them got it. Find somewhere to share your feedback. I need your validation. I need it. I crave it. I want it and I will get it, hopefully. So 
Send some, you know, send some love. Or you can also just email me if you want to be so low key. You don't even want you you don't want the internet to know. You don't want the world to know how you're feeling about the podcast. You could just email me at the Christian Podcaster at gmail.com. And I may even decide to care and respond. I'm joking. Anybody who emails me anything about the show, I will be sending you guys my free ebook on fathership. Yes, this is about you. That is the entire title. Fathership. Yes, this is about you. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing ebook um, because I wrote it. I actually wrote it, inspired it, published it, and now I would be also sharing it to you. So this is a lot that you can get just from a simple email. And listen, maybe you gave me your feedback, which is even better. Then you email me anyway at the Christian Podcast and say, "Hey, Meech, I I shared how I felt about your show." You're gonna get a you're gonna get a free ebook. You're ev- everyone gets a free ebook. All you gotta do is email me at the Christian Podcaster. But I digress. Let's go ahead and get into it. How are you doing? My name is Beach Real, and this is some of the things that's happening in the news. Earlier this week, um, the family of Kobe Bryant and Gigi that we lost um, January 26 uh, in a fatal um, helicopter crash. Um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, as well as seven other people, were um, were killed in this crash. And since then, the world has been reeling. It, I'm talking left and right. Everybody has been uh, overall mourning. We've had a few ignorant posts of people wanting to um as crazy as crazy as it sounds celebrate his death say that's what he gets for what he's done which is always amazing how we feel that way as we forget what we've done but that's not what i'm talking about so the family decided earlier this week that his burial the viewing that this would be a private matter amongst the family. Now, now, now there will be a huge memorial for him, um, where the cameras and the people and the cars and the you know coverage and it, it'll be a big. It's going to be a huge deal. But before all that, the family decided that this is something that we wanted to do privately. Um, what's very interesting about that is that that actually got backlash. It's very interesting to me when I started hearing people say, oh, man, this is how disrespectful is this that they're doing this and it's a Black History Month and we should be able to mourn. And I thought about that and I said, wow. Like these are the moments I have, you know, it, it, it makes me feel old sometimes because I think I and I, I want to blame social media that that we allow ourselves to fix our faces Curl up our, 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 the little part, the little hole under your nose and say some of the craziest things in some of the most inappropriate times. So I remember that in that one post that just came out, so it was, oh, this is so disrespectful. Why can't we do it? And it took me back to a place. See, my cousin um, was murdered two years ago. It would be, yeah, two years ago. And I remember there was some something that had happened, and his girlfriend at the time um, had a disagreement with his mother, and she said to she, had to, she said, she said, I can, I promise y'all I can talk. She said to her, to his mother, to the mother of the deceased, 
you weren't the only one that loved him. You weren't the only one that knew him. I'm mourning too. Now, let me say this before before I say what I, what I have to say about this. Yes, we are all mourning. Yes, this, as a father, this is nuts. As a sports fan, this hurts. As someone who just watched this guy, I'm talking about from being on television shows, commercials, um, breaking records, uh, I mean, just I mean his. I mean, after he retired, he was doing a show breaking down the game. Like, there are so many things that we have that people can say. Listen, I have watched this person. He has inspired me. He's my favorite. This, all of that. So I'm hurting. I am mourning, which is not not a lie. It's true and it's fair. But you have to be. A special level of crazy to think that it's the same thing. That because we've watched Kobe Bryant since he was almost like 16, I would say, and some people even sooner, we've watched this man become one of the great the game's greatest basketball players. We've watched this man become one of the most passionate fathers and you know, businessmen and curators and uh content creators and husbands and you know. With 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 also very a very public um, past, a very pub, you know, things that he's done, you know, very public exploits. And then we can and then to even try to envision and compare to him being the first person you saw when you came into this world, like his daughters can say. Him telling you that he would dedicate his life to you for forever and then having to rededicate himself to you. Because of his transgressions and growing and putting in two decades, maybe a little more, with somebody and and think that, well, I watched him on TV just as long. That is the same. I want to say something to you. That if you think I'm I'm hurting too. Like the like the young lady said to my eye, she said, You're not the only one that lost your son. I loved him too. I think it was amazing that somebody thought that you could compare your fandom or your position with someone, you know, dating them, not married, you know. And I'm not trying to diminish relationships, but I think it's wild to compare the pain that a wife and a child feels of losing a parent, a husband, to a fan. And an admirer. I'm sorry. I, I just, I just, it, it. I, I don't know. I struggle with that theory that they can be on the same plane and that they should even be in the same same arena. Especially if you say you know someone and you know what their passions was. If that person was still alive or in their death, could I honor them by trying to put myself above or even put how I feel on the same plateau of as of those that he sacrificed and put those people even above himself at times. It's kind of crazy. And I'm not going to go, you know, belabor. This is a very, very tough subject. Death is one of those conversations that, man, faith has to really, really, really jump, jump in. Um, because there's no clear grasp of it. Of death, like okay, that oh that person died. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> now 
Now, yeah, somebody, you know, you see them, they go on a killing spree, and we, you know, they get played, they they get found guilty, and they get the, you know, the needle, and they're killed, right? You're like, oh, that makes sense, right? But then if you think about their parents or their their loved ones, even though this person did something horrific, it's gonna hit different, and to them that death will still be just as tragic. A person that could be fighting cancer 20, 30 years, when they die, it will still be tragic to the family. Even if, oh, that makes sense. I understand it. So death is, is tough. And in a time of mourning, in a time where people are trying to grasp their, wit, their wits about the stuff, they're trying to hold on to some sanity, they're trying to figure out, okay, what the heck do I do now? Because your life, when someone you love dies, your life changes forever. Because forever you will always remember that that person is no longer there. So your life has to change and you have to try to fathom that. And I can't imagine how much harder it is for someone who is so public as, you know, how huge a Kobe Bryant is, how huge what happened, how public, how quick, how like this is it's a huge deal, which means everybody's talking about it, which means you can't she can't turn his wife and his family struggle with turning on television, struggle with being on social media because they they, they can't escape hearing it because the world is mourning and we're mourning in our way. And. What's tough is because social media is all personal and we can just indulge in our own psychosis or in our own, you know, um, our own arrogance and ignore that this can reach somebody else. We don't care what's being put out. So a person, so all this is going on. And then I see the, hear the family come out and say, oh, no, they're, they're doing this privately. And I said, Amen. Because there's so much going on. They deserve that time and that peace. Because hmm. it's going to be one of the, that was probably one of the toughest days. That I, they'll never forget that day. So I wanted to share something. I want to help everybody who is like, well, we love Kobe too. We, and we want, you know, we wanted to be a part of that. Or, you know, I'm mourning too. Or it's like, I want to share something with you guys to help you in the process of mourning such a public death. You know, I heard, you know, there was an interview with uh, Gail King, Lisa Leslie, and she brought up the rape allegations that he dealt with and asked about him. And, you know, other celebrities came in and swooped in to protect him and defend his family and his name. And, you know, it got a little colorful on, on, on ends and people are still reeling about it, still arguing. And I wanted to just share something thinking about, you know, putting myself in the shoes of the victims, you know, putting my my shoes, my feet in the shoes of the people that are li having to live with this for the rest of their life. Because no matter how much we mourn Kobe and his daughter, how, no matter how much we even mourn the other seven people, things will change and it will be, oh, dang, Kobe, for a long time. But it's not even comparable to what the daughters, the friends, the wife will have to deal with forever. That they will have to grow through and try to heal from and move move 
on without forgetting like that th- that's a whole nother journey that us fans and us on the outside can at best sympathize but we will never truly understand just like when you lose someone very close to you no one will truly understand but they can sympathize so i want to share something with you guys i want to share how how i've been trying to mourn and i think that we can all do this and not just about the death of kobe and mourning i think that we can do this in many areas of life Especially time, especially now in a time where we're all, everybody has something to say all day, every day. I want to challenge everybody to shut up. (laughs) Because it took me back to my first episode. My first, the first time I transferred live with Mitra because I had a radio show at first and I transferred it over to a podcast, right? And the first episode was shut up. (laughs) It's the very, very first. It was my one of my favorite shows um, where it talked about how powerful it is to be silent. You know, the Bible talks about how how a fool can even be confused as wise when they do not speak. And I think at tough times that everybody's trying to process something, I think you cannot imagine the grace the, the 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 wisdom, the love that can exude out of you with having every emotion in your heart, every feeling, every funny joke to 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 you know lighten the mood, every everything that you have to share this meme of Kobe, everything that you can do to um, be frustrated if you didn't get the you know they had this private viewing or argue about well he was still a rapist or. Everybody that's trying to figure out how do I voice my opinions and thoughts in this, uh, put them in pictures with Nipsey and talk about him. What if the best way we did all this, because this is a real human being, that these topics will trend and may even 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 if as a fraction of a possibility to reach a family member or his wife. What if we all just decided to shut up? What if about how we felt about him having rape allegations? What if we felt about him being better than LeBron? Or how be, how we felt um, of them talk, of us talking about they found his, his body holding his daughter? What if what if what if we what if all of that we just decided to mourn with those who mourn and shut up? I don't know, cause I've really been thinking about this. Like, I mean, yeah, we mourn, and it's sad I've posted things, but I've been very careful about what I've posted. Very careful. But then I see the conversations that we're so easily already having before before his family was even putting him to rest. The jokes, the like, and it's maybe just maybe it's just me. I talked about this in my last show, but I'm like, you know, the arguments that we have. About him and you know him as a basketball player, him this and like, what if we just shut up, honored him by praying for his family, versus bringing up his rape, his rape allegations, bringing up his scoring titles, bringing up our anger or our feel of disrespect because we weren't a part of his 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 viewing and burial. 
What if what if we loved him so much we just shut up and honored those who he honored? Cause it made me think about it, man. You know, my my cousin was the closest one. Of the, he was the closest guy in my life. He was my that was my brother. And when he passed, I felt the way. You know, I wanted to grab on and stuff and be important. And I did. I battled. I struggled through those thoughts of feeling like, oh, I want people to know that he was my man's and we was real close. And like I wanted. And but then I watch. Remember the funeral. I remember a guy stood up and talked for like ten minutes. To the point where none of the family were able to speak. Because it was a time-sensitive thing, you know. None of the family got time to speak. And I just sat there in my thoughts like, I wish he would shut up. <laughs> I almost thought about just grabbing him and throwing him, you know, throwing him down, down the stairs or something. I don't know, something terrible. But I had to pray for that. Because I was so upset that the mother, you know. Because he wanted to make jokes and tell people stories and he he wanted to be, he wanted to position himself in a place. And he literally was so, so amped up about sharing the stories that he had and talking about them, which don't get me wrong. That it is this dope that my that that my cousin had this effect on people. But I thought about it in the midst of us thinking about ourselves. Does that mean that we have to do things publicly or we have to do things in a way for others to understand how we're mourning versus honoring the people that they honor in their life? I thought about that. I took that time. I thought about how people were saying, oh, this, that and the fourth. And well, can I have this? And I want that. And and, you know, put me here in the obituary and all the little weird things that happen in the time of someone's death. And I just remember. Cause I knew how much he loved his mom. That that was his. I'm talking about. He struggled with her dating other men. <laughs> that when he passed, she was the main priority. How she felt was the main priority. What she needed was the main priority. What what we could do for her and his sisters were the main priority. How I felt, what I wanted. What I wanted to impart, it, it meant nothing. And thankfully, <laughs> I had the wisdom. Somehow God knocked me on the head in that moment that I shut up and I just served and honored the person that they honored. And I shut up. Yeah, I wanted to be put in this. Yeah, I wanted to do that. Yeah, I wanted to feel like, you know, you want people when you die, you want people to know, oh, this person affected me here. You want to you position yourself. Like, it's, it's, it's natural. I'm not saying it's necessarily sinful or wrong. I mean, it may be pride depending on who you are and where it's coming from. But at the end of the day, I thank God that I was able to shut up. And even sometimes when I talk to his mother, now nah, my aunt, and I, and I want it to be about me sometimes. I want to call and be like, oh, you know how I feel, but it's like sometimes I just, I'll just, I shut up and I honor her because as a parent, as a child, that have lost has lost a parent as a person that has lost a spouse it will always hit different than anybody else around them and when you know someone that is passionate about their family the best way to honor them is not drinking and getting high and making jokes and the best way to honor them in their death is honoring how they live their life and that's valuing and honoring the people around them that they dedicated their lives to. 
So I challenge you if you're listening to this. Shut up. <laughs> Next story. And this story, man, listen, this is going to be real smooth. Um, I've, I've mentioned this and I've talked about this for the last couple shows where I talked about how I, did, how I identify myself as a man. I've also done videos on social media and talked about that there is an attack on the identity of our children. Um, and I truly believe that by people who don't know our children and really don't care about our children. But what they care about is the agenda they need to push to peddle their ideals and to do and get done what they desire. It's very interesting how a world that we live in that has talked about for years, how the church has been forcing the Jesus stuff on people. So we need to take it out of the schools and forcing this and judging that. And the Christians, y'all doing all this. It's funny to live in a world and watch a world that was so tired and hurt by the judgment of the church be this judgmental God, God wanting to be anti-Christian agenda to push, impose, force and manipulate people <laughs> that they swore is the reason why they left the church in the first place is because that's what was being done to them by Christians, by believers, by pastors. And now the world has become one of the most, I'm talking about, if you've done something 20 years ago, it doesn't mean you're safe. That doesn't mean you deserve forgiveness now by the world, the, why the world court. It just depends on how the media wants to push you. Depends on what the media says is righteousness and what's not, which is interesting. But I want, but I digress. Um, I, and I've mentioned this once before, man, about, um, Especially like the, the the development of Dwayne Wade and him um, outing or supporting the transition of his son now being considered by his family um, a transgender girl uh, by him doing interviews and calling him calling his son his daughter and that he's a girl. Um, he's also mentioned how. Gender was an issue before sexuality was put into play. Um, there's a lot of stories and a lot of conversations that's going on about it, which, I mean, that gave me a little pause because it's like, I wonder, like, oh, man, um, what, what would be the mention of sexuality now versus then if maybe are we mentioning, are we speaking that this child is willfully and openly uh, indulging in sex, you know, sex? And is this something that we're celebrating, right? Now, let me back up. I did not lose my virginity when I got married. Now, I did get baptized a couple months before for the very first time before I got married. So in my mind, I was a virgin. And maybe even in the spirit, I was a virgin. Right. I tell my wife all the time. I was a virgin when I got married. I don't know about you, but I was. I was clean. But I didn't wait for marriage. I didn't. Um, I was around that age, to be totally honest. I was like 13. When I first started having sex, wildly enough, and I'm not bragging because I'm I'm honestly not proud of it. Um, honestly, and it's tough because when you get older and you get your priorities, you know, now you're older, so everything that you people say, they they don't really. Oh well, you you old now, you don't get it. Um, I definitely regret it. <laughs> Even the relationship I had was so muddied by sex; it wasn't really a relationship; it was just sex. It was just sex. That's I mean, that's all it was. 
was sex. Sex and, you know, conversations every now and then. But it, sex was the root, was the foundation. And that led me through many years of that being my identity. I just needed to have sex, right? Let me just do it. I just need to do it. So I've watched, I've watched how I've had to battle. I've had to recognize. I've had to be delivered in some areas. I've had to be disciplined in other areas. I've, I, ha- I have to run in other areas. I, ha- I have to be aware. I have to pray. Like I ha- there's, there's so many er- there's so many things that you have to do. But I realize that the identification of someone's sexual preference, being who they are, is a monster that we've all fed, some way, shape, or form our entire lives to the point where now the agenda is telling us that our children are not who they are because of their character, but because of how they feel and who they want to have sex with and who they are attracted to. And this is dangerous. This is dangerous. There is a narrative being put out to sympathize for those who have these feelings, same sex, you know, same sex attraction. And to demonize those who are against the natural order of things. I I do not have did not have a choice. Being born, I did not have a choice on how tall I am. I do not have a choice on the grade of hair I have. Now I can get weave and you know lace front waves and all that and um you know try to grow it out. But at the end of the day, the color of my eyes, the color of my skin, the sound of my voice, the, the ability or lack thereof I have to be able to play basketball, to run fast, doesn't mean I can't, you can't learn skills, but there are things that I just won't never have. I'll never have Michael Vick type speed. I just never will, no matter how hard I train. Those are things that are born in people. There are genius level people that are born with that intellect. Now, you can cultivate it and be very knowledgeable, but the brain, I can get into all that. Listen, what I'm saying is, is that there are things that I have to submit to God and understand that I had no choice in the matter. I didn't have a choice on who my parents were. Even if I decided to emancipate from them when I got older, but I didn't, but I could have, it doesn't change that they were my parents. No matter how foul these these people could have been to me, how great, whatever end of the spectrum, we don't choose our parents. You don't choose your race. You don't choose your height. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Matter of fact, I was talking to my man, Reby Versus, and we were just having a conversation. And he made a statement about, man, how blessed we are to be where we are because we could have been born in another country that didn't honor God and be having to go through that fight and hoping to hear the gospel and be made new. Like, man, what an amazing, what an amazing choice God made for me to put me here versus other countries where people are born, where they're dealing with issues. I say like the third world countries, people were born there. That child had no choice. So what if I decided to be a trans Michigander? Like, okay, I work, I live in Michigan. I want to be a trans Californian. I identify myself by the climate I live in. I'm, I, I want everybody, I want to change my ID to say I'm from California. I'm going to live here for the rest of my life in Michigan, right? But I am a California. I will pay California taxes. I will live by California laws. But I still live in Michigan. 
because I'm a trans Californian, right? Or, you know what? I'm a trans billionaire. Yep. Mm -mm. I'm tired of being broke. Mm -mm. Quit my job. <sighs> I'm a billionaire. I'm a trans billionaire right now. Like I'm, I'm, I don't like the natural order of things. So let me just, I'm going to be a trans this. Or let me just think about this, man. My favorite animal, my son's favorite animal, me and him both share, the velociraptor. What if I want to be a trans velociraptor? If I, like, what can, like, can, and with science, I'm pretty sure I can get fangs and teeth and I probably can mod, mod myself in some wild ways as long as I got the money. But I'm still me. I'm still a human. I'm still Demetrius, right? This is what's tough about this conversation. What I'm saying, and I and I and I'm trying to, I, I want to be a little light because I don't want anything I'm saying to come off as malicious. Let me let me clear that up first and foremost. I am heartbroken that a child is being a focal point of gay or straight sexuality in America or in the world, and that he is being put on a pedestal to be that. Um, to me, I think the sacrificial lamb. That we are asking a child to identify and to be the voice of a culture that is still trying to figure itself out. A very fluid, very fluid culture that is trying to learn this and change this. And, and we are putting it on the shoulders of a child to make a decision that they don't even fully understand what they're making. And my heart is broken that a child has to do it or being it being done to them. I, I, it's just heartbreaking because he's a child. We won't give a kid the, uh, the ability to smoke, to vote, but we are getting a kid the ability to say, I identify, I am changing my sexuality. I am no longer a male. I am a female. I am this. Um, and we are allowing them to go to parades where other grown men or women and are cross-dressing and doing all this. And we're allowing our kids to be a part of it because we want to celebrate this. And it's like, but golly, it's a baby. It's a child. So I'm heartbroken about it. So this in no way is hate speech. I do not condone violence. I do not condone, you know, abuse, uh, humiliation. Uh, I it's nothing like making fun of people who are going through this stuff because I truly have a heart for them. And I, and I do believe that this is a battle that they're going to, that they're dealing with. And what's scary is the world is promoting is pushing this content that you're not even in a fight. You're not fighting anything. You're fine. It's not to the same extreme, but it's almost a conversation where people take to love your curves and, to say don't body shame someone who is literally living a very, very unhealthy lifestyle. Don't body shame them. When Don't get me wrong. You shouldn't be dogging them out and making them feel like crap because they're going through something, which elevates the risk of, of, of suicide. And the statistics of people that are going through these transitions, grown adults that are going through the trans situations and all that, the, the, the suicide rates, it just this stuff just gets tough. And it's like, man, what a lot of pressure. A kid has to be already just being a kid. Now they're the voice of a community. <laughs> so my heart hurts when I hear about babies being put in these positions that they don't have to be.
So let me say that for before I finish Sam, you know, finish my thought. This is not about hating. And I'm not even gonna go as far in oh, that person is going to hell. Listen, I do believe the word I believe sin is sinning, but I believe that we can all repent. Sin didn't start or stop at homosexuality. Sin does not start or stop in one desit, one place. But anywhere we deny God and try to play God, we are in trouble. This has nothing to do with one thing. But I want to say something, man, that like I said, you people being hurt, you know, even people, uh, you know, it was like, I want to say it was a, like, I don't even want to say the Christian's name, but he was, no, he's a pretty, you know, famous uh, Christian. I think he was a pastor at that time. Anyway, they said God hates fags, which was the wildest thing I ever heard. I was like, wow, <laughs> we got to be careful who we speak for. It goes back to the beginning of the show. Shut up. That's nuts. And I've heard people argue and show, well, God, you know, Jesus, the God in the Bible, Jesus in the Bible, talk, call people dogs. I'm like, listen, man, we're not going to just slur and dog and flip scripture when we decide that we're going to isolate one person, one part uh, without any real context and understanding the language of the authors and and the, the tone and everything that you should do to understand what the author is saying. If you care about what the Bible is saying versus you want to tell the Bible what it what you want it to say. But for you to think that a God that sent and sacrificed his own son would talk like that about someone, you you, you got to check your heart, too. Because he could have sacrificed us. He could have chose. Let me choose Michael over there. Let me him, you. And he just killed and we And let me kill him and he'll die for them. Or like he he. It says a lot about the God we serve, the life that we that we read about what Jesus did, the the things that we that we we've learned come to learn about who Christ was and what Christ did, and then to turn around and say that God would be so this malicious, it, it's just not consistent. So let me say that that whole you know that statement, God hates facts, is is man speaking for somebody that they fully don't understand because if they f even had a fraction of understanding on who God is, they couldn't fix their face to let for them to even say it themselves. So like I said, my heart is broken in this area because I have children. I have three young men that they will have to face this world and understand and navigate through those things. And I can do everything I can, but there is an attack on their identity. The world is telling them who they are and how they identify themselves. And I am saddened because there are many children that will be told their choice before they even are mature enough to understand what that choice even means. Man, if I may... Cause I think about all the choices I made because I, oh man, my identity was having sex. Oh, how many girls I could screw was my thing that made me meech. And I think about that road it led me down, how empty, how lonely, how sad, how selfish it made me. Cause, cause I identified myself by how much sex I had, who I had sex with. It was, I made me the man, which is funny. <laughs> how many girls I had I came up with how many girls I had sex with made me feel like the man and nowadays people are saying who they decide to have sex with can make them feel like they are a man or a woman that's interesting
That's interesting. I just thought, as I was saying, it's like, it's crazy. Me having sex with girls made me feel like, oh, I'm the man, you know? And now as people say, well, I want to have sex with boys because I'm a boy. It makes me a woman or like it, it just, and this gets tough, man. And I'm really trying to like, it's tough, man, because first of all, the agenda, like if you speak in this way, you can be punished for it. And that's not really what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is a believer and speaking from, from the perspective of a Christian that the last thing I want anybody to hear is me speak for God in hate and bias as if Christ died for everybody but white people. Christ died for everybody but gay people. Christ died for everybody but murderers. Christ died for everybody but pedophiles. Listen, listen, the coldest believer on earth today, their righteousness is a filthy rags. We don't stand up. That's why he sent Christ. So I mourn for anyone that's living in sin and denying that God can heal them, that there is a different direction. And this conversation gets more complicated because, like I said, you get into you don't got to have sex with nobody like you don't. Will it be hard? Probably. Is people are, have people done it? Absolutely. I never could imagine that a man could not have sex before they got married. Then I got saved and met three or four dudes who did not have sex and haven't had sex until they got married. Literally didn't do it. I got two close homeboys that didn't do it. Made it 20 years, 18 years, but got married, still married. Like, but because I identified myself with sex, all my decisions had to go about. I'm talking about, I made decisions about school, about life, about who I, who I value time with because of sex. So to the point where I had time to drive two hours to sleep with someone, but did not have time to drive 20 minutes to sit with someone that was dying because I didn't because of sex. So as I, I've matured and I've learned that my identity is in Christ and my character and what that means to be a Christian, the IAN and the live like Christ, my identity is way deeper than who I am sexually attracted to and who I have sex with. Like what? It's tough that it's tough that a child is in the midst of this. I don't know how much else I should say, but I'll end it like this. This is such a private matter. Listen, I'm telling you, listen, biblically, there are things when it comes to homosexuality, it says homosexuality is a sin. Unforgiveness. Uh, I mean, like I said, it, like you always got to give this disclaimer to tell people, like, oh, I'm not just saying that homosexuality is a sin. Or like, listen, sin is sin when you cuss, when you lie, when you hurt someone, when you deceive someone, when you don't forgive someone, when you steal, when you like, when you meditate on terrible thoughts. About I'm talking about even even as a married man or single man, and you watching a video of a woman shaking her body because everybody naked nowadays. That's lust. As a married man, that's that's adultery. Like that's it's, it's not a less than or well, it ain't as bad as being. Listen, everything that we've done, living in sin, honoring sin, is the reason why an innocent man was slaughtered, humiliated, beaten, <laughs> impaled, 
kicked, spat on to redeem us. Every every time you sin, it, it, especially for me, I, I remember, I, I think about every time I sin, it's almost like me just nailing something, nailing, nailing that nail in the wrist of, of the father. Beating him, tearing his flesh from his skin. Every time I lie or I cuss or I deceive somebody or I, I'm walking around prideful, unforgiving, like I, man, I, I, I hung Christ up there. We all talk about, well, who, who, you know, who crucified Christ? You did. And living a life of denying God and not, and not of a life of repentance, this doesn't mean perfection. God desires a life of repentance. The perfection comes by accepting him. But anyway. I think it's tough that people want to have private matters when you have a difference of an opinion about something that they're public they're publicly expressing. I really don't think it's none of our business the sexuality of this child. I I just don't. I don't think it's any of our business. I I literally think I could have lived a hundred more years and never knew who. What a 12-year-old decides to sleep with or who they're sexually attracted to. I, I literally can think about a billion things that I would rather know than who a 12-year-old is sexually attracted to. The, fa- the conversation of a 12-year-old being sexually attracted to anybody is just wild to me. <laughs> Listen, man. There is an attack on the identity of our children so that history can be rewritten and that God can be rebranded. This is something that we have to take caution to. This is not it's not a trendy thing that's happening. This is a direct attack on the future, on the legacy. And I just pray that if you are a parent, you are covering your children. You are encouraging your children. If you are whoever you are, I pray that your foundation is not what a superstar or a celebrity is telling you this truth, but that you are in the word and learning truth because these people are lying to us. For the sake of an agenda, for the sake of them remaining famous, for whatever reasons they got, it ain't to honor God. And if you and if we allow ourselves to be led by them, they will lead us to an open pit of burning, gnashing the teeth, eternal suffering. All this liberation and all this is. There's an attack on our fu- on the future. There's an attack on the identity of your child. People are telling you and telling your child at 10 years old, at five years old, who they are. And it is a perversion and a lie of what love is, what it looks like, how, it, how it's displayed and given. It is a lie how some of this stuff is being promoted and displayed. And as a father, cousin, uncle, brother, I, it, it, it just breaks my heart that children are being treated as the lab rats of the New World Order's agenda. 
It's heartbreaking. Next story. Y'all, I mean, if you're still watching, I appreciate it. I mean, still watching. If you're still listening, I appreciate it. This show was tough. Um, I try to be pretty lighthearted. I'm a pretty lighthearted dude. I like to joke. I like to have fun. I, I don't really like to just be deep and and down and, you know, and fire and brimstone all day and every day. Um, but I also don't want to be having so much fun that I ignore the reality and the fact that there is caution to be had in many areas that we have to be aware. I think about how in Ecclesiastes 72, it talks about how sometimes it is better for a funeral to be at a funeral than a party because of how sobering funerals are. And I'm paraphrasing. That's not what the Bible said. That, but that's how it said it. Matter of fact, here, let me, let me, let me, let me do y'all. Ecclesiastes 7 and 2 says it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting for that in the end of all men and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter for by the sadness of the countenance of the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of the mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Listen, all this, I'm just, just getting Ecclesiastes. It's just, but I say all that to say this. Sometimes because everything is funny and everything is a joke. There are, there's so much being just pushed to how you laughing. And there's so much being underhandedly, you know, given to us so many different pills. And this is tough. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I do like to have fun. I do like to make people laugh. It's one of my favorite things to do is make people laugh. You know, encourage people to start a start a personal relationship with Christ is number one. Um, and number two is make people laugh. Like I do. I love making people laugh because I know it's tough out here. I know people are dealing with things and laughter is a moment of levity. But I also don't believe that I'll use a moment of levity to be an opportunity for me to peddle self-destructive, toxic uh, information that can corrupt you for the future. So, yeah, man, listen, that so this show is a little I don't know. So it was it's a little tough. We had I wanted to talk about some tough stuff and I wanted to start out the gate with them so that we could move on. Um, first of all, like being made aware. Listen, this is something that's happening. This is serious. And we could talk about that stuff. And then. We can move on with that new knowledge and processing it. Pray about it and see what, how God filters it through, how we're going to apply it in our lives. But see, I say all that to say, man, that because um, I really, truly believe this scripture helped me get through a really, really tough time. Because, like I said, death, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It's tough because January 26th is my, my, my cousin's birthday who passed away. And when I heard about the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and those other passengers, I was already sitting at home saying, it still doesn't make sense while my cousin's not here. And then I hear about this, I say, this don't make sense. Like, why? <laughs> like, like, what the heck? Why? It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. But after the beginning of that emotion came down, 
I always went back to that scripture, Ecclesiastes 72, Ecclesiastes 7. And as it just talks about, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For at the end, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to its heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance of the heart is made better. And like, oh, what's that mean? Right? Because that was pretty dope. Was, you know, it was deep. Um, when I when death happens, all I think about is the life I'm living. In. What legacy will I leave behind? When I think about how quick, how quick and sudden someone can lose their life, I think about the time that I have on this planet right now and what I'm doing with it. What if this was my last moments? What would I want them to be? How would I want to play them? You know, you always think about, oh, man, if you only had 24 hours to live, what you do? Oh, man, I rob a bank so I could go to here or I do this. Like, it's all these things. And it's like, OK, well, sweet. How about this? God don't promise nobody tomorrow. <laughs> Nobody's promised tomorrow. So how about we live? You know how instead of this whole oh, you only live once. So you just wild out while you're young and make every mistake and just do everything stupid. And then when you get older, then you start trying to be mature. It's like, ah, or how about I can be intentional all of my life so I can maximize why I'm even here. But when people die, when people pass good people, when there's not a murder, you know, somebody was shooting, uh, somebody did like when you when you st when I start to see that people sometimes go f and it don't make no sense for no reason. They just gone. Then there's accidents. There's people that have died just going to a surgery. There are people that have lost their lives just going to the dentist. Something happened. And, I, and that sobers me up. When I was dealing with my health issues, not when I was, when I became made aware of the health issues I had and I've been able to fight some and maintain others and get them together and through, and through grace of God and me being able to walk away from a lot of things and me being able to get better, the one thing that stayed in my heart is my life has to mean something because I don't know how long I got, but I got to do something with what I got right now. So it always sobers me up when I was sitting in that hospital thinking about my kids. I'm like, man, I wish I could just promise them I'll be here forever. But listen, what if I can do things to put stuff in them that even when I'm gone, they'll be OK, that they'll have a foundation. And that's what I want my legacy to be, that I leave my family a foundation of who Christ is, of who we should, who, who we should be modeling our lives after and what we should value. So I thought about that, man, and it continues to keep me sober. I mourn. I'm talking about when the news, when I hear about, I got friends that talk about how they lose people all the time. I, I, I know somebody who has lost almost eight, nine people. I lost a coworker. Three days before Christmas, I lost a curve worker. See, look at me. I I, <laughs> I did. It, it, he was my coworker, but his family, another son lost, a 10-year-old lost his father. A wife of years lost her husband. Cousins, uncles, brothers lost their child. Healthy dude, healthy dude, but he's gone. It doesn't make sense. And... You got to fight depression because this stuff can get down. This is a little down show. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You got to fight depression. 
You know, you got to fight. Don't sulk in this stuff. You could be aware. Mate sober. Like I said, it says, it says, for by the sadness in uh, uh, 7 and 2, 7 and 3, Ecclesiastes 7 and 3, it says, sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. There is things that this stuff can build in you if you if you perceive it and process it right. I'm not waiting till tomorrow to be a God, man, a son of God. I am not waiting till tomorrow to honor my family. I'm not being. I'm not waiting till tomorrow to go check on somebody that I can go pull up on today. I'm not waiting till tomorrow to call somebody. I'm not waiting on tomorrow to pray. I'm not waiting on tomorrow to repent. I'm not waiting on tomorrow to forgive. I'm not waiting on tomorrow to do better. I'm not gonna wait on tomorrow because ain't nobody promised me nothing. So if I got today, I'm gonna do it today because I'll continue to watch people who knew they had it tomorrow. Who packed clothes? Who put? Who went grocery shopping? And they weren't there the next day. So because of that, with all the fun I have and all the jokes we can make, my life has to matter. I have to find. I have to live in purpose. I have to live in purpose. I have to. I have to chase after and find. I have to because I don't know how long I'm going to be here and I am not going to spend my whole life having fun, being entertained to die and not have done nothing that God sent me here to do. Nothing because I'm having so much fun and I got so much time that I can just piss away 20 years because I'm so young and I'm having so much fun and I got so much time. No. We live in a world where I'm hearing about 22 to 28 year olds dying every single day. We don't have, we man, we don't have no time promise. You do only live once, so that should scare you. Not to walk in fear, but to not just piss away your life. Not to just play around like you ain't got nothing to do. Not to just walk around and be mad at everybody and not forgive. No, Listen, people do some garbage. But you ain't got to carry it for them. So listen, man, um, I do. I pray. I pray that at the very least you are encouraged to understand that life is a miracle. I tell my sons that I said I talked about this in the last show. Life is a miracle. When you wake up in the morning, that is one of that's one of the quick little flicks of the wrist God get, grants us. So if you're one of, if you're on the receiving end of that miracle, be thankful, man. And let's do better. Yeah, you was crappy last night. Repent. Get your butt up. Pray. Look at your surroundings. Let's figure out. We got to do better. God, I got God got way more in mind for you than you just partying and having fun. You just I I can't get into all that. Listen, man. You are not a mistake, despite. Your parents not planning you to be here. You are not a mistake. This whatever the details of you are not a mistake. And if you are still here, it's for a reason. And I dare you. I matter of fact, you deserve to find out that reason. It's nothing more fulfilling than that. To find out the sole purpose of why God put you here and then actually walk in it and actually. Be able to be a contribution to something. Listen, man, it's, it's undefeated. All that fun you having don't hit nowhere. It don't hit nowhere near than when you are a blessing in someone's life. When somebody can call you like, listen, man, I was going to do something to myself. Listen, I wasn't going to call that person. But you but God used you in the moment to be 
a voice that I would listen to and I'd made a I made a choice to better like my better my life. You just it's, it's just man it's just a blessing to be alive and it's a blessing to be able to be used by God. It's a blessing to that you have a purpose. <laughs> it's a blessing to know that no one is just here by happy ha- happenstance. Eh. Yeah, I made Demetrius. I mean, I, I wasn't doing nothing on the fifth day. So I just, yeah, throw Demetrius in there. We're shining Monique, but I digress. Those are the names of my parents, by the way, Sean and Monique. And I can only call them that on my podcast. I couldn't say it to their faces. I've tried, but I digress. But no, so look, with all that, with all that being said, man. I desire to educate and encourage. I do. That is, I desire to educate and encourage, inform, all that in that realm. I did an episode, I did a show with Jermaine Wilson, J. Will Music. He goes by, he has a podcast that's streaming everywhere called Inspire God's People, where we talk about, I talk about and share what God has helped me through. You know, um, six, seven months ago, six months ago, I was a stroke risk. I was walking around, could have a stroke or heart attack at any moment. By the grace of God, I never did. By the grace of God, the miracles, he just, man, he, I didn't even know what I needed to pray for and God was answering my prayers. So I share my testimony at, at, at this point of my journey of the weight I've been able to lose, the life ch- decisions I've been able to make and change. And overall, the God that I served that was like, listen, I got you. <laughs> there were there were consequences and effects of how I was living, but I served the God that I didn't pay for everything that I did. I didn't pay for I didn't definitely not to the extent. And I'm thankful that I didn't wait another day after waiting 33 years, 32 years to care about my health. I thank God that he gave me 33 years of miracles of waking up every morning despite the way I treated my life like he had to give it to me when there are people that made it 15 years that made it seven months that made it that that didn't make it but I made it and I treated my life like it didn't matter you know not just spiritually but physically how I was eating and so I share that all on Jermaine's podcast man I share what God did for me. One, he woke me up. <laughs> Man, I was so sober sitting in the hospital, sitting in a room where somebody was dying down the hall and the kid was born here. And I'm sitting in a room with a guy that's got all sorts of heart diseases and eating and eating like garbage and and sitting in, and sitting in another room with a man who's dealing with diabetes and was talking to me I'm like, hey, man, listen, you can fix this. Sitting in a room and people telling me that you can, oh, oh, you can manage diabetes and live with it. You know, what won't you eat? You don't have to change your mind. And hearing a guy say, you can change all this because you don't one because of the type of diabetes I have. You know, I had. But it just, I, so I just shared it in this in uh, episode with uh, in J. Will Music for Inspire God's People. You can follow him at Mr. Bellweather or search J. Will Music, but just search um, Inspire God's People. And it will come. But I say that, man. So I share my testimony. I share, man, God, just, he just, I'm talking about walking around with 
extra stroke level. High blood pressure. Blinding blood sugar levels. Kidneys <laughs> not working. And those ain't the only things that God did in that moment and fixed. But he did all of that. He did all that. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can check out Inspire God's People, man, and hear my hear my testimony on that show as well. We had a dope conversation. Um, because God is so good, man. So if you don't hear nothing else, man, value life. Value the life that you have. Value it so much that you want to find out what your life is supposed to give to others. So that's my last that's my last story, man. Go check out Inspire Guys, people. I pray this helps. It's not just music. It's throne music. So I want to end this show with a story from Luke 1. Because I know you're listening and you're like, man, me you talked about this, you did this. Why? But you got to tell me to shut up too? Like, you just going to tell me to shut up? Like, that's that's what you're doing? But I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why everybody should shut up. I'm included in that. Not all the time shut up. But sometimes you should shut up. Because what you say has consequences. It can hurt people. It can cancel blessings can cancel hopes and expectations it, it can do a lot of damage Luke 1 and 5 when Herod was king of Judea there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive in a birth both were very old it's kind of tough because people live for a long time in the bible so when people say you old in the bible like bible old ain't like now old. bible old is like you old old like you almost prehistoric but i digress okay chapter uh i mean verse eight it says one day zachariah was serving god in the temple for his order for his order was on duty that week as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense, oh Lord, I'm sorry, I could talk. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, "Do don't be afraid, Zechariah." God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly Zacharias said to the angel listen check this out so an angel don't like look let's just let's just paint a picture real quick Zachariah is praying right he got the little incense listen y'all research this this don't mean walk around with the sage and the incense 
Don't be weird. This was a custom. Be careful what y'all do. I digress. Listen, I'm not talking about that. So just imagine this. Zachariah, him and his wife, they barren. You know, they're, they're barren. They can't have children. They getting old. They super old. They like, bruh. So they praying. It was his It was his week, you know, his station for him and his his peoples to pray. People outside praying. Like everybody, it's all this prayer happening. We just getting it in, right? Just church, church, church. We just getting it in, right? Amen. Zachariah is positioned where an angel comes to talk to him. Let me tell you how how it's amazing how sometimes I think about in the Bible, like, man, why don't the Lord just reach his hand out and talk to us and grab us like he used to do in the stories in the Bible? And it's like, these people still didn't listen. Like, people, the questions that they had for the miraculous things that were happening, the same way we look at life and say, oh, man, you know, you know, sometimes you hear a pastor say, who's ready for a miracle? You know, or somebody say, are you are you ready for like, what was the last time you've seen a miracle? I'm like, bro, I'm alive every day. Every day is a miracle to be alive. But because things happen so much, we serve a God that's so consistent and so intentional that we think we're supposed to have oxygen be able to just flow through our lungs every day. That's just got to happen. Right. So. This dude is literally talking to an angel, right? So he don't question, are you an angel? Look, he don't question. This is his question. 18. Zechariah says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? He didn't say, how do I know you're an angel? How do I know the Lord sent you? What is, what's going on? How do I know? How can I be sure this will happen? And he started telling him his problems. I'm old, man. And, you know, I'm old now. And my wife is also, let me I'm give y'all the message version. <laughs> no, um, I'm an old man now. And my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you don't believe what I said, you will be silent. Shut up is what the angel said he said listen shut up I, I, I listen shut up i'm so tired of talking to you i'm a whole angel sent by god you i had other stuff to do today god canceled all my plans to come talk to you and you gonna respond to me talking about how do i know you telling the truth do you think i left heaven to come into this hot place where i'm sweating it's hot it, there are smells i can't explain going on right now to tell you a lie. You telling me I came from heaven to say, let me go lie to Zachariah. Because I, as an angel, don't have nothing better to do than to come lie to Zachariah. That's, that's what that's what you're telling me, huh? That's what you're telling me? Okay. So, after that uh, outburst that it's not biblical, it did not happen. I don't know it happened. Let's not say it didn't happen. Let's just say it's not in the Bible, so I can't teach it like it is. Message. But anyway, I digress. Listen. He said, but now since you don't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be filled at the proper time. So shut up until you believe. This is what's interesting, man. So I'm reading Luke and an angel also appeared to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Right. And what's funny is when he came to Mary, she was like, oh, okay. He went to Joseph, he was like, okay. You know, like they they 
I kind of believe that they lucked out because they might have been shut up. <laughs> but the difference of, of, of Zachariah and Mary, because well, this is what's interesting, too. Mary actually questioned the angel, too. She said, how I'm a virgin. How can this happen? She like, listen, I ain't getting busy, my guy. I'm, you know, I'm living right out here. I'm saved. I'm waiting to me and my husband, you know, get married before I consummate this thing. So I can't get pregnant. On top of the fact, I can't explain it to my husband that I'm a virgin, but I got a whole baby. So how this going to work? And the angel explained it. Like, listen, oh, hold on. I got you. This is how it's going to go down. Bow, 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 bow. Holy Spirit, drop it to you. Bong. You deliver. Bong. He got you and Joseph. Y'all going to raise my mans. You know, like he just kicked it to him once again. This is not the dialogue of the angel. But if I was the angel, that's how I would have kicked it to him. Like, listen, the Holy Spirit going to drop the baby in you, right? You're going to give birth to little Jesus. He ain't going to really be godly when he first started out. He's going to be a little whining baby. He ain't going to come out 33 years old walking on water. He's going to have to grow like a regular human, right? You feel me? So you got to raise him right. Don't be letting him listen to... to um. Don't be letting him listen to all this type of music. I don't know what type of sec, what type of secular music did they play back then. Don't let him be listening to snake music, and don't let him like LeBron. Was it a LeBron James back then? I digress. Anyway, anyway, Mary said, "I'm a virgin. How can this happen?" He explains it to her. Then Mary said, "Okay, cool. I am the Lord's servant. May everything." You have said about me come true, and then the angel left her. Angel ain't even had nothing else to say. The angel shut up. He like, oh, you got faith. Peace. Let me go back to doing what I want to do. Well, God sent, put me to work on this day. I'm trying to chill myself. But I digress. I'm just going off like angels be just that temperamental. Who knows? Anyway, it's interesting the difference in the conversation and why Zachariah had to be shut up. Because what he was saying was out of his mind. Like, you had a whole angel come to you and you like, but how do I, how I know you telling the truth? He called an angel a liar. Like, bro, you out your mind. But Mary, they both had questions. Listen, they had questions. The Bible says for a man, ask. You got a question? Ask. For real. Because I ain't going to hold you up. They say there's no such thing as a stupid question. I believe it is. Don't ask me a stupid question. Like, you know, if it's raining, don't come outside and be like, hey, is it raining? And you standing outside getting wet. Don't ask me that, because I'm going to say, no. Nah. Nope. But God don't believe that. God don't believe there is no there is no such thing as a stupid question to God. So if you lack knowledge, ask. But it's a difference between asking to gain knowledge and speaking out of disbelief and fear and not in the lack of faith. Mary spoke in faith, but she had questions. Zechariah spoke out of disbelief it's the difference how they was treated so it's it man so Zachariah is silenced and this is what's dope this is actually one of my favorite parts um here let me see cause this, this is one of my favorite parts for me. so through the whole time the whole pregnancy um Elizabeth so they go to 57 Luke 1 to 57 when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came to the circumcision, you know, circumcision ceremony. All these seeds, Lord, alliteration, but I digress. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his dad. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. The people said, what? They explained. They explained. 
There was no one in all your family by that name. So they used gesture to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He, so he like, he said, he, met, he motioned for them to bring him a writing tablet. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zachariah could speak again and he began praising God. All fell upon the whole neighborhood and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the land of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Let me keep going. 67 says, then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of, the, of his servant David, for as, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his, sac, his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our, ancestors, to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. Then he says to his son, oh, man, when a father speaks to his son, listen, this is this is what's so dope. All this. So Zachariah was talking crazy. The angel says, shut up and you can talk again when you get your faith right. Yeah, because I mean, one I, one could not this ain't in the Bible. One could have shown that if Zachariah would have been like, yeah, name him after me, he would still be writing on that tablet. But because his I believe because of where his faith was, he said what the angel would say was true. That's how he was he was restored. Because faith does restore and heal. But I digress. So not but then so so then from that moment, Zechariah, who understands one, the gift of confession, decides that he's going to prophesy. And first things first, let me let the world know, the community know. Let let me let people know what's coming, the God we serve, what's happening. But now let me pour into my son. Fathers, this is major. This is major. Um, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. John the Baptist is actually the one that baptized Jesus. Now, don't wrong, get me wrong. You you keep reading about John the Baptist. You know, he has some tough times. But but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Listen. Shut up. I'm asking you. I'm saying this in love. You don't know what you could cancel with your mouth. You don't know who you can hurt, what you can damage with what you're saying. So be careful what you confess, man. I had a conversation with my fellas. I had been ignoring, like, hey, look, can we not say this? I feel like it has too much power. The implications are too dire for us to just continually, you know, to just say this. You know, um, just like how the world inspired us to be, you know, to say, oh, you know, I'm a homosexual, you know, I'm a heterosexual. Which opens the door to say, oh, well, I'm not a heterosexual. I'm a homosexual or I'm a 
or I'm asexual or I'm binary. Like we open up the conversation by saying things that contradict things that God already set in place. Like if I'm a man, why do I have to tell you I'm a heterosexual when men, God created man for woman and woman for man, right? That's the only way people are reproduction happens through a male and a female. And even in nature, there has to be fertilization. Like there's a sperm and there's an egg. There's a natural balance that helps perpetuate and sustain life. It's one of the kind of the giveaways that you know that you're operating, you're doing something in a certain light. This don't mean just because you get somebody pregnant, that means you was doing it right and y'all not married and you wild. And like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a natural order that we don't have a choice with. But because of what we say and what we confess, we can open the door to destructive things that we didn't even know were that were able to even happen. Zachariah was talking crazy. Question the angel. Shut up until you understand. And then Zachariah decided that from that, you know, the first thing he said was he wrote what his faith was. That's that's John. Angel told me that's what it is. That ain't uh uh-uh. uh he ain't no he ain't me uh he ain't, that's Zechariah. I'm Zechariah. That ain't no Zechariah. That's John. I'm Zechariah. And then he immediately started to praise God. He immediately started to pour and prophesy unto his son. That is powerful to me. That's powerful that how he decided to use his confession. The last thing he said was out of fear and disbelief. And the next thing, then you come back and now you're talking and you prophesied. So you ain't have faith to believe an angel could come and tell you that the Lord said that you won't have a son because you old. But now you're telling us that now you. But then the next thing you say after that is telling us what God is about to do. <laughs> Both things you couldn't see, but one thing you knew. And it was because of where your faith was. So let's be careful what we say. And sometimes it's better to shut up. For real. I thank God. You know, Zachariah, I, I thank God it was times I had to shut up. Listen, you could be, man, your, your disbelief, your lack of faith can have you canceled. You could tell yourself you can't do nothing God like, but I didn't tell him that. He said, he, hold on, you can't be the first one to graduate from college in your family. You can't be the first one to have a kid, uh, to not have children before marriage. You, you, you not, what? You can't do that. You can't, you can't be celibate. You can't, you can't be abstinent or you can't be a virgin till you get married. What? What? Who told you that? You can't be a, a, a first generation millionaire. You can't create generational wealth. You can't like, because people say, oh, I can't do. Who told you that? So how about this? Shut up. Watch what God is doing. Pay attention. Pray. Be aware. And then remember when you speak, man, speak in faith. That is in line with the word of God. It's power in what you say. There's so many different implications of what comes out of our mouth. So. Don't be like Zachariah. <sighs> don't be like me either, man. I've said some things, bro. I've been. No, I, no, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Listen, man. I pray this helped. We talked about a lot in this show, man, and I pray that y'all got the central, the central theme, man, because it was a lot of things. There was a whole lot going on. But you've been listening to Live With Me Real, man. I pray this helps. Peace and God bless. Play Air Media. 
As time passes by, distant memories fade. So I try to think of you almost every day. I still hear your voice, I can still see your face. And it's all so clear, it feels just like yesterday, yeah. Just like yesterday, yeah. I feel like I was with you yesterday, yeah. Got me wishing that we didn't have to miss a day, yeah. If you saw me now, you would be proud. I took the lessons that you taught a child, mixed them with faith, let them turn me to the man that I am now. Gave me something I can hand down I got tired of taking handouts I'm standing on my own too under my own roof I go in my own kitchen, drink my own juice But there is not a level I could grow to Where I could pay you back what I owe you I'll owe you forever, I'll miss you forever I'm looking forward to getting together I'll see you in heaven You could be my neighbor when I get my mansion that's what he died for, his life was a ransom That's why you live again, and I'll live again His love stays sweet to the bitter end Jesus is the reason that I'll never have a bitter end It feels just like yesterday, yeah it feels just like yesterday, yeah like I was with you yesterday, yeah. Got me wishing that we didn't have to miss a day, yeah. Sometimes I sit and I just think about like the people that that we lost, you know what I mean? The people in my family. My grandmother, my aunts, my uncles, my grandfathers, even my grandfather I never knew. I just think about how, like, how can I live to honor them? You know what I'm saying? Like, all the work, blood, sweat, and tears. People before me that sacrifice things that I never see. And that's one of the reasons I strive to live for Christ. It's not just for the people that I already lost. It's also because I know that my life is a vapor. It's like I won't be here forever And my friends and family around me won't be here forever And so we've all fallen short of the glory of God And I'm just as imperfect as everyone else Like I live a life of repentance because I know how special this life is, man I know when I think about the people and it's like Yesterday, you know what I mean? Like Just everything was like yesterday, yeah. Like yesterday, I was younger, could run faster, jump higher. Just like yesterday, and one of these yeah. days, it's gonna feel like yesterday. I feel like you know? I was with you yesterday. We all gonna be here together yeah. forever, even. That's the beauty of Christ. We 